Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, no matter how you shop, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, Rod and I are back with We Want Winners. I have to apologize because we were ready to go last weekend. I had gotten home from uh, from Arizona to see my kid uh, graduate. And I realized that if we were going to stay on that same two-week schedule that we like to stay on, I was going to be gone again next week because I'm headed out to uh, Las Vegas next week. So I was like, let's hold it off one week. Let's get back on a good two-week cycle. And here we are. But that is my fault. Rod was ready to go. He had he sent me some notes. And I was like, oh, I don't want to screw this up. But uh, we'll, we'll be okay. Well, I think we, we can be on a pretty good rotation from uh, here on out. So there may be a time where we need to move Family things first. up or move a bit. Yeah, exactly. Family first. Exactly. So, uh, But how are you doing? I'm good. I'm doing very good. This offseason, the NFL, they've got a racket going. It it's never really the offseason for the NFL. That's and it's great for football nerds like me. Of course. I couldn't imagine. Can you uh, it was awesome. We didn't really get to touch on it cuz we weren't here, but how they like stretched out the schedule um released up to like a 3-day event. It was awesome. <laughs> There was so many blog posts and news stories about, you know, when 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 they're the Niners going to play this team, and I was just like, man, I, 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 it's great because it gives us something to talk about, but I don't know how good the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be in Week Eleven right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure right now, and so I, I don't know if I have a gr- a great take now. But you know what's always interesting about the 49ers schedule. Because the home stadium has a sun problem uh, during the the hottest time, they play a lot of their early games on the road. And then when they do come back to play a home game during that uh, early September or, you know, mid-September time frame, it's usually like a night game. And those are my favorite games to go to at that at, at Levi's, by the way, the it's, it's awesome to, to watch a game there in the evening. But so, you know, they, they can't really get off to, to a slow start on the road because historically they always start on the road. And, and that is, is what is going on here for them uh, with, with the week one in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's a, that's an, an interesting start. And I think, you know, I don't think I know. They kind of got screwed in the way that they um, 
set up their schedule in that the they only have the one trip, which we, you know, the way it sets up with the Cleveland, Minnesota back to back, you know that's a Youngstown game that they'll they'll be staying in Youngstown for sure. Um, the week in between. But I thought that the the league might be generous to them and give them at least one more of those um twofers. But nope. I mean they've got they've got like four trips where they're like back to the east coast and yep. back to the west coast and then you know back to the you know so it's it um that's why they are you know like second in the league to Seattle who yeah. always get screwed in yeah. mileage in terms of travel just based on where they're at. We're like second this year um because of the fact that we we have those east coast trips and they didn't bundle them together for us. So we'll see. Hope I mean hope you hope it doesn't matter. I mean and they're pro- they mean I mean it's not like the old NBA where they're like traveling on trains and buses and things. I mean, <laughs> exactly. they are flying private. So, I mean, I, mean, I guess it's not that big a deal, but I don't know. It's it's something to talk about. And, you know, the other thing I love about this time of year is everybody's going 15 and two, which is great. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I've seen, uh, I've already seen predictions for, for the Niners, what their record is going to be. Uh, so, the one thing I always look for, and and this is a a new occurrence for us as football fans, is I always look for the Thursday games. And what I'm looking for is I'm looking to see how those Thursday games are set up. Now, the question for you here is, if you have a Thursday game, now the Niners have two. The first one is their their first home game against the Giants. They're 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 coming off of a Sunday day game in Los Angeles. So not far travel to come back. Mm -hmm. And then they bring in, you know, you bring in uh, Danny dimes and and the giants. Would you rather have a, if you have a Thursday game, would you rather have it earlier in the season when maybe the team's not that beat up? I surely would not want it like later in the season because, you know, especially if you have some injuries or historically the Niners have had, you know, tons and tons of injuries. But what is your thoughts on the Thursday night games in general? Earlier, mid, middle of the season, like w- when would you like to see the those? I one hundred percent agree. I those are like the worst games to have, like late in the season. Um, that you know that um, you know I think those those games I I don't agree with having them, but I mean they're here to stay now, and they've added they're adding the, the Friday night games too. So I mean it, it, this is not going away they're not rolling this back so it's here to stay but i agree with you 100 percent that if i if you have to have them it's better to have them um earlier rather than late and it's interesting that um in the beginning they um it, it kind of worked out where they were uh, and i guess that was because they this the, the slate started later in the season that they were, you know, those were mostly division games, it turned out, um, just because if you're going to start later in the season, you know, the division games mean more. Um, but since they're rolling those Thursday night games out, you know, to start it off, it's interesting that we get the Giants first. And then what's the second one? I I don't uh, this, have the schedule. The second one is, so this is actually, I think this works out well for them too. If we believe Seattle is going to be a good team and the Niners are going to be a good team. They both kind of get screwed because they have to play 
week 12 it's at seattle so always a always a tough one in seattle but the niners come off of a home game against tampa i don't have the seattle schedule to see Mm -hmm. who they play before i know yeah that's the that would be the other one our buy is nine so it's after the buy um yeah so i mean that you know you're gonna talk about a tough game um going up there is always tough but then on a short week even more so so Here's a question I always wonder about when it comes to the schedules, because, you know, the NFL, oh, you know, we 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 are worried about player health and such. Why isn't every team that plays a Thursday night game? Why isn't their buy somewhat fixed into uh, the week before or the week after? Because that would make a lot more sense if you're going to force a team to play. Uh, just four days after they had just played, why wouldn't why would you not have their bye week intermixed in, in into into there so you can say okay, yeah you're you're gonna play on four days rest, but guess what? Then your bye week and you have a whole lot of rest to get. Or before oh, that game, yeah. then you have the bye, and the other team who is playing in that game also has the bye to make it fair. I feel like that could happen. But I don't know why they don't prioritize that happening on these Thursday games. Well, I think that that, that might have been easier to do when the um, when those Thursday games like start. I, I can't remember, but it, it seems to me that though they started, you know, like midseason, and then um, they rolled forward. But now they're starting, yeah, early, right away, so, right away. So um. You know, I, I just think that there's too much inventory for that to be to happen. Um, they just don't have enough buys. I mean, well, I mean, they, it, it, if like there are some teams who who will not have a Thursday night game, I'm assuming you there, there's you know some teams who are just like ah, eh, you know, we can't we can't figure that one out. But you know, of the especially the of the teams who have two Thursday night games, and I just have two, and so you would at least hope that there would be some prioritization of their bye week on one of those Thursday night games. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it that, that's like, that is, yeah. that is pretty extreme. Yeah. Uh, so by the way, big Leo's got us going 13 and four and you know, big Leo is a, is a fan of the base sports teams. And so I, I didn't expect anything less. Uh, is that with Brock? Is that with Trey? Is that with a mix? Cause when, when you tell me, who's playing quarterback and how the quarterback is playing, then I, I probably can then figure out a prediction better. But uh, Big Leo's already, he's, he's you know, that that's a, that's a great season right there, 13 and four. Absolutely. I mean, I kind of did, you know, some quick math. And like in the past 25 years, like 8% of the teams have won 13 or more games. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's um that's why the the Niners number is a great number for the books because at twelve, I mean you got to win thirteen games to cover that number. And then that is and there's just so much that can go wrong. Like we saw last season, how we got off to that slow start. Um, you can't if you're gonna if you're gonna go over twelve, it can't you got to start fast and you have to maintain it because you know, one loss here or there, and then you're, you're, you know, you're right on the number. So, yeah. Yeah. I I don't bet the Niners anyway, but (laughs) that number, I I have no interest at at 12. You know, the the thing about it is when I was a kid, 
and you had 16 games, and this was even before you had a bye week, I would I would always think, okay, the least amount of games the Niners are going to lose is when they're great. So, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I was it was very easy. I was like, as, as long as they win 10 games, that is like the bottom barrel of the season that they would have is, is 10 mm-hmm. wins. Because, you know, they were always 10 or 12 or 13. Uh, one one year was 15 and one. And but now with 17 games and with the the way that the NFL works today, where it does seem like, you know, unless you are the worst of the worst franchises with the worst luck, you're going to have a good opportunity to compete. And I know that's what they want. I know that's what the owners want. I know that's what the commissioner wants is everybody has a chance to compete. And if you tell me at the beginning of this season that the Niners will have 10 wins to me. I'm in because that means you're competing for the division and you more than likely get a wild card spot at 10 wins, anything less than 10 wins. Then it's up to a lot of math and a lot of luck and a lot of, you know, who the competition is and, and the teams that, that you're close to. So I just want 10. And if you give me 10, I'm happy. Anything more is gravy. I feel like, well, I agree 100% with you that from the league standpoint, they want everybody between eight and 10. That's that, that is their dream scenario is that everybody's bunched up in the middle. And at the end of the season, there's this mad dash for the playoffs. You don't want a whole bunch of bad teams, bad, bad teams, but you, I don't think they, I think parody is what, they are looking for and um you know for the most part they've got that the league is really compacted there aren't really you know even the best of the best teams aren't you know they're not really juggernauts like you to recall them back to when we were running the show i mean i just don't think looking at you know looking at the schedule right now 15 and two, I don't, I just don't see it. And, and like, when you talk about those, you know, 88, 89, 90, yeah. 91 teams, you know, running the table for us was like a legit possibility. I mean, we, those teams, and then once Dallas got in the mix, those two teams were like clearly head and shoulders. And again, I go, okay. And then Buffalo on the other side. Yeah. Um, They were juggernauts. They were really, it wasn't really, you know, every you know, there was two or three years there where you know the NFC championship was the Super Bowl yeah. in essence. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I think, but I think from a league standpoint, they prefer it to be a muddled, bloody mess going into the um the final weeks of the season. You know, the other thing I thought about when I looked at the schedule was uh who's playing on Sunday night? Because on Sunday night, uh, at least it feels like they want the mark one of the marquee games. Now they're not always going to get the top marquee game. I know Monday Night Football this year is going to have a little bit better of a slate, and I know that you know there's going to be some flexing going on with, with and Monday Night uh, Football. As apparently, well. they're starting that earlier and earlier because um and I, and I guess um. Thursday night is going to get in the action on that because Amazon got some dogs last year. Yes. I mean, when you're paying all that money, I guess, you know, you, you want to keep your partners happy and have them 
have the ability to have at least a halfway dis- decent slate. So, and then we got Friday night games now. That I mean, this is it's crazy. This this NFL thing is is bananas. Okay, so the Sunday night schedule, at least early on in the season, some of these matchups tell me who the NFL thinks is uh, going to be. Uh, much better than previous. Obviously, the Jets. They're they're in on mm-hmm. Rodgers. Rodgers to the yeah. Jets is is a big story for the NFL. So obviously, him. and I don't think that's a mistake because I know no. I hear a lot of people talking. They were not a real. They they weren't a horrible football team last year. Their defense is really good. They've got some real good. I know they they had some. They took some hits on offense. Like Hall got hurt, and um and then of course their quarterback stunk. Um, but they've got some really good teams. Um, they've got a, a really good team. Their defense is legit. Yeah. Um, and you know, and then they were they were missing a quarterback. Yeah, like and, a, and, like a lot of teams. And Rodgers, you know, he was not up to Rodgers standards. But if he plays exactly like he did last season on this team, they're going to be a good football team. Yeah. Yeah. So. The Jets obviously are, are leveling up. Uh, they play Kansas City uh, on Sunday night in in Week Four. Um, the Detroit Lions of all teams, they have the opening Thursday night game against Kansas City. So the Super Bowl uh, champs, um, def- you know, the defending champions against the Lions. So. The Lions are one of the teams that I think the NFL believes will be in the mix. Maybe, you know, maybe they're, uh, you know, a a nine win team or a 10 win team. But, you know, there is some there 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 is some stuff behind the Lions. You know, I'm I'm sure they're too. I'm sure they're a little bit of a dandy with the betters, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with with the over unders and such. So the Lions are another one Uh, you're looking as I look down the line. Um, there, there's definitely some interest in 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 the, the Giants as well as the other New York team. Uh, the Chargers are another one that look that you know they they believe in in the young quarterback and the Chargers actually leveling up. So I, I like it's to look at that. To, it's time for them to put up or shut up because yeah. I mean I there are a lot of quarterbacks in this league that would not get the pass that Herbert has gotten so yeah. far because they they haven't done much of anything over the past um two seasons so it's time for them to if they are everything if he's everything that they say he is it's time it's time to, to put up or shut up i think uh what do you think about the black friday game which is i believe it's an amazon game but i don't think you have to be a prime customer i think you can uh, I, I don't know how people would watch the game without prime maybe there's a way i know that i know amazon has like a free v uh, service, but mm-hmm. there's a Black Friday game. They're competing uh, for Christmas now with the NBA. There's a there's a heavy slate of uh, Christmas games, uh, and the Niners play the Seahawks on Thanksgiving this year. Now we there's a there's a a memorable game for Seahawks fans and a game that we would love to forget for 49ers fans. Uh, when it came to uh, Seattle. So the, the Thursday game that I mentioned that, that, that is the Thanksgiving game. Uh, so, you know, the nine, the, that, that was a bad, that was a bad one for us. We, uh, there wasn't there also a Baltimore game uh, 
that the Niners played on Thanksgiving. That was like yeah. a really close battle. Was that the same year as the Super Bowl? I, yeah. I forget. Yep. Uh, so Thursday, you know, Thanksgiving time, not, not kind to us, but uh, it'll kind of be fun. I, I like the idea of the Niners playing on Thanksgiving because a lot of times when I, uh, on Thanksgiving, you're so tired from all the food and the game. If the game's not good, then you're out. So right. at least I'll have to I'll have to stay awake <laughs> for, for the night because it's the night game. It's going to be fire after, up after to coffee. Food. Yeah. So um, then uh, there's also mentioned that Peacock is going to get one of the wild card games, probably the whatever the worst one is. And so you, you only be able to watch if you have a Peacock subscription. So they're trying to drive some subscriptions to probably Peacock that, as that well. Saturday early game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That that all always uh, if the Texans were in the playoffs, they they get that game. Yep. Uh, you know the the Jaguars if they're in the playoffs, they get that game. So it's like the the um it's like the NFL equivalent of the NBA TV games. <laughs> yeah, usually for, the playoff yeah, games the playoffs. Usually, like, <laughs> usually like Toronto or something and somebody. Yeah. When they yeah when they got to run like three games uh, on on a day, it's like one gets shoved over to NBA TV. Uh, but yeah, you know. I am not in the business of trying to go game by game and go, oh, Steelers win. Like, who knows? Like, I don't even, you know, we'll see. They're a young team, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with the young QB. Uh, with, with the Niners defense, you know, they, they should be able to swoop in uh, on games like that. But I will say a memorable opening day game for me is the 49ers going into Pittsburgh. And I want to say it's Bubby Brister throwing like four or five picks and Pittsburgh still beats the 49ers. There's a, <laughs> I, 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 I'll have to check, you know, football reference. I'll have to go into football reference. I almost don't want to check because if my memory is wrong. Then my memory has been lying to me for the last 30 years. But, um, but yeah, like that, like that's the thing, what I think of, uh, uh, who was, uh, after Neil O'Donnell. I think it's um, the I think it's a quarterback before Neil O'Donnell. Was that Bubby? Was Brister? that Tommy Maddox? Tommy Maddox from uh the uh the the XFL MVP Tommy Maddox. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find it on on Pro Football Reference though. Uh but yeah, like that's the game that I that I remember is this uh, Yeah, but I'm I'm of a similar mind as you it's hard enough to pick like just straight up on you know we on a weekly basis, but to try to pick the whole slate. Yeah. Before the season is just it's bananas. Yeah, absolutely. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that it just got easier to be an NFL fan, even if you live far away. Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away, specifically the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Um, all right. So uh, from, uh, from Robert, he said he heard a stat that the 49ers will have five games this season where their opponent has more rest than them. They will have 20 fewer days of rest this season, putting them last in the NFL. Is that, t- is that a big deal to you or not? I don't think it's a small deal. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, it, you know, these games – you know, the longer I watch, the more I realize that, you know, these games are won in the margins. And um, any advantage that um, you get like that, like rest is a big deal to these dudes. And I mean, you know, like the, like the Thursday games, like they don't they don't even practice the week of a Thursday game. It's just, you know, it's just so much. You know, it's maybe walkthrough, but most of it's just mental reps because, you know, you can't go out there and really do anything physical. Cause like, I know I heard George the other day was talking about I, on an interview is like, he's like a zombie until like Wednesday. Yeah. Thursday. That's um, scary. Isn't it? Isn't yeah. it like scary to think about like, yeah. thank God I'm not a football player. Yeah. They, you know, they, you know, and people talk about the money they make and I mean, that's fine as far as it goes, but um, you know, that is, it's not a big deal that, you know, you're, you know, like, as again, we're referencing the, um, the Kittle interview. He's like, I'm in like, you know, 30 or 40 car wrecks, you it's know, crazy. every Sunday. And then, you know, like you said, by the, you know, is by Wednesday or Thursday, he starts to feel like himself again. Um, and that's when they're playing on a Sunday, but when they're playing on a Thursday, Guess what? I mean, he's got to still got to strap up and go out there. But I mean, it's it's crazy to me that they still haven't expanded the roster so that, you know, if we're going to be playing these Thursday games that you still only have 65 players and then only, you know, 53 of those are eligible, you know, on, you know, on the week, on the day of the game. It's just it's just nuts. Uh, um, So, yeah. I, but I mean, it's here to stay. So we just have to deal with it. And, you know, we tell ourselves that they're safe and that both teams are doing it. So it's, um, it's fair, but that to me, that still doesn't, doesn't make it any better. So the fact that, um, we are on the short end of the stick, you know, on the, the rest, um, quotient is, I mean, I don't think it's not important. So yeah, we'll see. Did find the game, by the way. It is the 1987 opener. The Niners lose, and this is a season in which they would go 13 and two, only 13 and two rather than 14 and two or 13 and three, because there was the strike season. So there was a game where the Niners had to play with uh, some randos, but the, I think the, <laughs> the NFL did skip a week that year because of the strike. So I, 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 Bubby Brister was much, you know, what many years after the guy that I was thinking of. And my mind did screw with me here because this guy threw zero interceptions. It was Joe Montana who threw three interceptions in this game. 
Mark Malone. Wow. Nine for 33 for 99 yards. Ernest Jackson ran for 103 yards, and they beat the Niners 30 to 17 to start the to start a really good season for the what Niners. season was that? 1987. Wow, because Mark Malone, I remember him. He um he replaced Bradshaw. Yeah, that man, that's a long time ago. Steelers wow. score on a fumble return. And then uh, one touchdown pass from Mark Malone. And then it was Gary Anderson field goal. Gary Anderson field goal. Gary Anderson field goal. And then a Walter Abercrombie 28-yard rush. And the, the Niners were not really in this game. They were down 20 to or 17 to 3 at halftime. But that's the that's the home opener against Pittsburgh that I remember. And you know, who can forget 1984? The team that stops the Niners from going 16 and 0, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Niners wow. lose that game 20 to 17. Let's see if my memory reminds me here. Uh, I believe it was a last second, like no time on the clock field goal. Uh, I don't have that information, but yeah, Gary Anderson kicked a. A 21-yard field goal to win the game, 20 to 17. Mark Malone, also the starting quarterback in that game, for wow. and and Montana didn't also did not have his greatest game. So I don't know. Some against some about Pittsburgh for Joe. Well, and Joe, that was his team growing up. So maybe I don't know. <laughs> I I think I now remember what that game was. I think um, Wershing shanked a field goal attempt. Uh, <laughs> As well, which which is why they they lost that game. That's what I remember because I remember having to blame somebody and blaming, you know, got to blame Ray, man. You, you, Ray Ray stopped us from going sixteen and up, <laughs> but they won the Super Bowl, so who cares? Uh, all right, so let's talk about some of the other things that we wanted to chit chat. And I had this, um, actually, save that. I want to talk about Steve Wilkes, but this is a quick one. Super Bowl sixty comes to san francisco now uh the the before it was uh the was it the first season of of levi's when the niners had the super bowl first or second yeah i think i don't remember i wasn't here at the time so i don't remember i don't Uh, know not not the greatest game i think it was carolina and denver maybe yeah that that was that was the cam game uh it's funny because the Niners not being in San Francisco, all of the Super Bowl happenings, from what I remember, happened in San Francisco because I remember going out because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I work in the city, uh, not going to the office as much now as, as I was back then. But, mm-hmm. you know, all of the all of the floats and the signage and, you know, these these little events, they were all held in San Francisco and I mean, in Santa Clara. No disrespect to my brethren down there in the south bay but i mean <laughs> if you had to pick i mean if you're gonna have things and, and i know that um the landscape <laughs> in san francisco has changed a lot in the past seven years so yeah. um but yeah it's still to me you know i i know people um down the city a lot but i mean it's still a cool place to go and there's still a lot of cool things to do there where Um, where is roger goodell want to wine and dine his partners and future partners is it 
on the demon roller coaster at Great America, <laughs> or is it at some fancy schmancy mm. restaurant in? Uh, oh, somewhere in Santana Row, of course. There you go. You, you can do Santana Row. You may have to shut down Santana Row though. It right. Packed. You just it's, tell everyone that is you know crazy this week. NFL's paying all of our uh, rent for the week, and and no one no one can come hang out. I've got this thing for the container store, and going to park there is a <laughs> just a, it's a disaster. Awesome. So, it's never it, there's never a good time to go there. It's always packed. So uh, I live in Sunnyvale now, but my wife and I, uh, right before we got married, and right after we got married, we lived at this tiny. It wasn't a it, it, it's a small home for for the San Jose suburb. Mm-hmm. Uh, my walk, my daily walk, especially during the pandemic, I, I was right around the corner from Santana Row. So I walked through the Santana Row area just about every day, grab coffee and stuff mm-hmm. and, and walk back. So I love I love Santana Row, but I know it, it is very busy and some, you know, in the night. The night could be fun, but the night could also be a little too much sometimes. So. It's a, it, and I, you know, I love the South Bay, but I just, I hate, you know, for, coming from the East Bay, I hate 880 South. It's just, <laughs> uh, it is the worst for me. And it, it seems like no matter what time I pick to go, it's always a damn parking lot. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. So, yeah. Um, but, but it's going to be interesting. 2026, we got both the World Cup and the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that's going to be really interesting. I really, you know, that's been my pet peeve, and I've been banging about it on online. Is it? It's just it is. It just kills me that there's really nothing to like eat or drink right around the stadium. You know, so when I go, you know, I either have to because you know I come in on the light rail. Um, yeah. So for me to go into San Jose is like, you know, going up and then coming back and then going back out. So either I have to do that or I have to wait till I get back to the East Bay to have a beer. No, here's the dinner. thing. It's not even there's no restaurants. It is you can't drive because the parking is so poor. The parking areas are so poor. And if you do have to drive and you don't park far enough to where you're out of the traffic, getting out of that place right. will take you over an hour. I hadn't thought about that part. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm 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 with you. What I mean, this is what I do. I actually go backwards and then I jump on the light rail and then go to the game because it's the best way for me to go as that well. That makes sense. That makes but sense. Here, here's what I was going to say. You know, I know some people who have some season tickets. So if there's an opportunity where, you know, they know a certain game is is not going to be uh, good for them, I'm going to look in to see if I can get us, uh, get us some tickets. And uh, I think we need to go watch a game together, especially for the pod. Like we have to go for the pod. So that'd be dope. So I'll let, I'll let you know. Cause I know, you know, you're coming from a little further than me. So there has to be some planning. But you no, know, it's, I, I, um, yeah, but it's cool. I love coming in. Um, you know, when I did the, um, the training camp, I did both ways. I came in just right on the Capitol corridor. I did that once. And then, you know, Hayward Bart to Milpitas, Milpitas, 
you know, to the light rail. It's really, it's, you know, I, if you're not tailgating, I tell everybody, you know, taking the light rail or the yeah. train is the yep. way to do it. Absolutely. You hop right off, you know, it's no fuss, no, no mush. You're right there at the gate. You know, that's, that's the way to go. You know, I, I understand tailgating is, is, um, the, the tailgating there is good. I've never partaken, you know, that sounds cool. And they say their place there, you know, you know, they have some, um, that like to sell tickets. So you just got to roll up and, um, you know, that sounds cool, but yeah, I would definitely love to do a game. And, you know, there's other people who, uh, maybe if, if we can sort of figure it out and, and try and get other, like Robert Ramos, uh, mm-hmm. who I've known since he was in diapers and not only have I known him since he was in diapers, he and I both played in uh, semi-pro baseball together after he got out of uh, high school. So uh, that that's that's fun. But so, like I know Robert goes to games, so you know we can try and get some people together if we could get Shelvin out. I don't, yeah, I don't I know. know Shelvin, right? Shelvin's Shelvin's very comfortable in, in Arizona. He, he's I'm he's thinking about maybe visiting Sheldon for that um that Cardinals game. I think I'm thinking I might try to get down there and play some golf. That'll be that'll um, be a great yeah, it'd be dope. That'd yeah, be I yeah, but I would I've, definitely love I, I was thinking, you know, Levi is just so expensive. I was thinking I was I was kind of targeting that that um that yucks game that might be right kind of in my price in my price range. <laughs> um but you yeah. know, I looked last year when the Niners were playing in Arizona because I always kind of look and see, you know, because I can go visit my parents and I know my dad would like to check out uh, Glensdale or Glendale. Mm-hmm. Um, but the prices are, are up there for, for oh, those really? games as well. Yeah. It, 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 it was very similar to uh ticket prices for, for a Niner game to me at least. So, mm-hmm. um, so what I, I, I love that whole stadium setup they've got down there. You talk about being able to go walk and they've got that little, um, open air, that little food court. Yep. kind of situation right over there you're talking about being able to go you know imbibe have a beer and a dinner and um you know right there pre-game post-game that's the way i like to do it um so I've, i'm I've hoping been, that um, i've been to glendale i've been to that stadium once but it was not for football it was uh let me think about this 13 years ago WrestleMania 26 was oh, in Arizona. Okay. So I took my boys out and we went on, we went to first we did, uh, we did spring training. So it would have been the 2010 season. So the year the Giants so it was, won so the it World was an Series. Odd season, so it was what yeah. they won. <laughs> so they won the World Series. We went to spring training. Then we went to WrestleMania. Uh, and and I, I was in spring training uh, again this, earlier this year, though the Giants are not. They don't. They don't look to be World Series contenders so far, but, <laughs> but yeah, that that'll be fun. We'll, we we'll we'll need to figure out how to get to a game together. I know we tried a little bit last year, but you know we can. Uh, if I think about it a little bit more, because uh, my buddy uh, sometimes in the chat, Randy, he's got tickets, mm-hmm. and then uh, I know my ex wife uh, has access to somebody who has tickets. So we'll we'll figure it out. We'll see if we yeah, can make it happen. For sure. All right. Uh, so now to the Steve Wilkes conversation, I sent you the, uh, the note, uh, Dave Lombardi. Now I won't say that I always like Dave Lombardi's writing because sometimes you have to really embrace 
these crazy analytics in order for uh to to read Dave's stuff. And he's really good at the analytics stuff. Like I, I get why he puts it in there. You know, Matt Barrows is more of a beat reporter, and Dave is kind of like more a little bit more of an analyst. Uh, but he wrote a really good piece on Steve Wilkes, and it had a a, a little bit of a um, an ode to Kyle's father, Mike Shanahan. And so the story is that uh, when when Kyle brought Wilkes over, he could not take any of Wilkes's guys. It was literally. It's just you. We have a great staff here, but we just lost our top guy. We're going to put you into a situation that once you acclimate yourself, it's going to be it's going to be really great for you. And so Lombardi, uh, he compared this to when Kyle's father, Mike Shanahan, came to the 49ers to be the offensive coordinator. I'm guessing it was when uh, Holmgren would have gone to Green mm-hmm. Bay. That, that that That's what m- my memory says. Mm-hmm. And basically, uh, the ask, I mean, this is a crazy ask because, uh, but but it's not like, you know, his, fa- his own father didn't do it. But basically, Mike Shanahan came to the Bay Area a few months early, parked himself in a hotel, and watched all the tape of Bill Walsh's coaches' meetings. Mm-hmm. And so he could acclimate himself to the offense and how Bill did things. Now, this was a, a George Seifert run team at, at this point. But, but it was still, still it was still offense. It was still Bill's offense, and Bill... Uh, I don't know how t- I don't remember how closely he was to the organization because I remember him doing TV and then he went to do Notre Dame stuff and then mm-hmm. you know so but anyways the ask back then was Mike I know you got a family brother but we're gonna need you to come early and study all of this stuff so by the time the season starts you know it better than these players know it and so the ask of Wilkes was was sort of similar which is you know, we just need you to know this defense really, really well and soon so that by the time the season comes, you know, you, you're just ready to you're ready to roll. Uh, so I thought this was a really good piece. And if anybody has an athletic uh, uh, subscription, definitely, definitely uh, check it out. But the idea is like, you know, the, the quote is uh, when it's not broke, you don't really want to try to fix it. We've had a lot of success around here and we just want to continue to build on that. That was Kyle's quote for Steve. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I read that article, which was interesting, but then I started kind of studying Wilkes and that's why I don't know. You, I've, I've said many times on this pod and other places that you always have to take what the coaches say with a grain of salt. I mean, because obviously transparency rarely, rarely <laughs> serves them. So, is interesting, particularly the the quote that I saw from him was talking about um, specifically man coverage and, you know, being more aggressive with the linebackers um, in pass rush, which is interesting because for a lot of reasons, I found that interesting because one, when I looked at his resume his he, he runs a defense that's pretty similar to what we run. Um, he 
when they they don't they don't run a lot of man. Um, neither one of those. When I looked, I was did that. Neither one of us had a player um, in the top seventy five of man snaps last year. We didn't play it. We were one of the most um, zone heavy teams in the league last year, and subsequently we were we had one of the best coverages coverage units um, in the league, and again for a lot of reasons. And then you know Warner and Greenlaw are like statistically some of our best coverage dudes. So what you're telling me is we're going to be blitzing our best coverage guys. <laughs> um, our man coverage just isn't, we don't have anybody that's, that's really good. Um, Mooney's numbers were real good coming over from Kansas city and Kansas city runs a lot of man coverage. But what I think we saw, what we saw last year is that Mooney, it's kind of different when you're the third or fourth corner playing a lot of man and the, the, the coverage assignments that you have as the third or fourth corner in Kansas City, as opposed to playing man when you're the number one corner and the guys that you're you're covering, it's just different. You know, it's, it's gonna be it is gonna be harder. There were times when we didn't get home and he was out there on that island, and um, you know, like one that really comes back to me is DK Metcalf was like really cooking him <laughs> last season. So I just you know you couple that with the fact that we don't none of our corners really have statistics. Our best Statistically, our best man corner um, last year was E-Man before he got hurt, and so obviously he's gone. So I don't know. We'll see. But Wilkes does a lot of zone blitzing. He does a lot of pattern match zone, which is basically what we did here. Um, Our guy, Ryan's, he's not a dummy. I mean, we didn't play a lot of man because we weren't very good at it. So I, I, I just don't see us again, reinventing the wheel and becoming a man coverage team. Cause we don't have the personnel to do it. It's just not something that we do well. I think his system, the way, you know, in going back and looking at Carolina and Arizona, he fit, he's a perfect fit for what we do. And, um, if you want to, you know, we want to do a little bit more zone blitzing, that'll be great. I mean, I think that works out. But even under that, most of the time in Carolina and in Arizona, they played pattern match zone underneath. So it was, it looks kind of looks like man, but it, it really isn't. You just, you pick up the man that covers, it comes into your zone. It's So it, I'll have to see it to believe that we're going to become this, you know, this man heavy um, coverage team. So, but I mean, it's nice to say in May that um, <laughs> that that's what we're that's what we're gonna do. And I mean, come on, Kyle is not really very forthcoming as to what the hell no, we're gonna all. be running anyway. So <laughs> not, not if he's all. talking about, yeah, I I told him I want us to run more man. I I'm gonna go ahead and say that's a red herring. <laughs> <laughs> well, and here's the other thing, right? Is that he's uh, specializes in with DBs, and he specifically said. He's going to be in the booth because he want. That's what he wants to be able to see. Is uh, he wants to see the DB stuff, and he also, you know, he's got some influence there. Uh, he in uh, the the first, you know, the first pick for for the Niners with uh, Brown, and then also uh, he was influential in the signing of uh, Isaiah Oliver, who's uh, the, the nickel back. So, you know, that you you have a guy, and he's got influence, and you want to. You want to maximize what he's good at. Empower him, yeah. And and you know he comes in and he feels like 
you know, he's got some say. So I like all of that stuff. And, yeah. you know, it, it's it, it is that at the same time, though, I do think that there is some pressure there. Right. Because, you know, you've got Bosa, you've got all of these these players, you got, you know, great linebacker core. And it's like, OK, here's the expectation. Well, you got to be just as good as as Ryan's was because this defense cannot slow down because it's it's, it's you know, it's a big part of what the 49ers do. So there's some pressure there for him too to just come in and fit immediately and be and different so- immediately. And solo before that. I mean, yeah. it's it's this is excuse me. This is a um you know, and that's what I find interesting kind of about this as well, is that um I would imagine that if things go well, he's here for a good time, not a long time. Exactly. I, I would imagine that he that's is, the Niners coaches these days, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I would imagine that that is, you know, a, a lot. There was a lot of buzz about him. You know, there were a lot of people who were upset that he didn't keep that Carolina job. Um, so I would imagine that if, if things go well, the way we expect them to go here, that he would be a candidate next coaching cycle for a, a head job. So, yeah. and I would imagine that would be his want, I would think. Um, so, so, I mean, it, it, it behooves everybody for him to be successful. And, um, you know, it, it seems like this, that defensive coordinator job now is a, um, it's a, it's a, um, it's a launching pad to a head coaching job. It would seem. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. The last segment here, what we want to talk about at the end, have a little fun here. We, you know, I was kind of talking a little historic 49ers in the beginning of this show, just because I've such a great recollection for those teams. And yet I can't remember a lot of stuff that just happened, you know, this year. (laughs) Um, But there was a list that was out there that you had sent me about um, all time 49ers top 10 players now, where did this list come from? Uh, the one that you sent me has Jerry at, at one and Joe at two. Where did you find this list? It was on Facebook. Um, it was it was circulating around um, around the, the, in the first week of May. Um, it was it was popping pretty heavy, and I was in there banging away um, because I, I I've got some real thoughts about this list. It's um. It's interesting to me that, the you know, you talk about people and their recollections and you can kind of when you hear people making or at least I could when, when I was going back and forth, people in the group, you can really tell when people started following this team based yeah. on who they were champion. And, um, you know, because like, for example, one of, one of the big ones was God bless Merton Hanks. <laughs> Top 10 for get out of here. I mean. Honestly, Merton Hanks to me as a, and I'll 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 go I'll go down fighting on this. He's not not even Eric Wright. Come on now. I mean, Merton was a was a good corner. You know yeah. he 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 served as well. But but Eric Wright was a monster. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was you know at, and listen to Ronnie Lott talk about Eric Wright. Um, he he was he was he was that dude for real. Yep. Um, so he wasn't even better than him. And again, I know a lot of people cause I didn't know like Jimmy Johnson is on yeah. there. Um, uh, I didn't know about him until the NFL 75 and, um, you know, 
people didn't just didn't throw the ball his way. He just didn't get, you know, he was like one of the first shutdown corners where, you know, he, nobody, you know, they didn't even quarterbacks didn't even look that way. So um, he, another, he's another one that 49 or DBs um, talk about with a lot of reverence. So, you know, I don't have, I, 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 I didn't see him play, but um, if Ronnie Lott says he's that dude. Yeah. Then um, he's that dude as far as I'm concerned. So there's a there's a few of them out there, and the funny one is uh, somebody asked Chat GPT to come up with a oh list. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and look, it's very similar to the one that you sent me from. I think the one that you sent me is from some uh, some Instagram account, PFS something or other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but both lists have the same top four, though they're they're jumbled a little bit. Do you have Jerry or do you have Joe number one? Um, for me, Jerry, I, as I, I'm fond of saying, um, Jerry Rice is the best football player I've ever seen in cleats. So, I mean, he's on any list. And again, that it's interesting that that comes up because that was always a debate me and my yeah. uncle had. Yeah. Rest, rest in peace. Was Jim Brown was his guy. Um, Speaking he of, said he he never seen. He said he never seen anybody who was you know he. From that day till this was a better football player than Jim Brown. And um I, you know, I can't argue. I didn't I never got to see Jim Brown play. So um Jerry's my guy. So yeah. um Me too. So is it, Jerry it, it, and I mean it's you know, Joe is my quarter it's still even with all that Brady has accomplished, Joe is still <laughs> my quarter. Yeah. And I mean I understand that, that that might be, you know, biased. Um because Seven is greater than four, but Jerry was four. I mean, Joe was four and oh. Um, yeah. And he so, wasn't he wasn't playing in a passing league like Oh yeah. I mean it, <laughs> it was it was the you know, um, you know, his numbers I I just saw there was a video going around this week um about his eighty nine playoff run. But I mean he was just you know, it was peak Joe. I mean he like he didn't throw any picks. I mean, it was it was his like passer rating was something like one forty six or something crazy like that. He was just, you know, he was out of this world. And I mean, you know, that was the great thing about Joe was that the higher the stakes got, the better he got. Um, so it, that you know, so again, for me, that's my guy. But it gets it's interesting that um, um, Chat GPT had their top four jumble because mine was too yeah so so uh three and four and actually five are are very similar and five is the one that i have a problem with but we'll talk about three yes. and four. it's steve young and ronnie lot depending on i i would put lot in front of young yes. personally yes uh I, because uh you know young had a fantastic career here but a uh, lot was really the foundation of 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 helping kick off 81 and he was the best player on the defense when they won the super bowl i mean how about cuz i don't i i have not done this research but i can't remember in all the years that i've been watching football anybody to be at all pro at all three defensive back positions corner strong safety and free safety, which he did. So he was, you know, literally the best defensive back in the league for a stretch of time. And I mean, you know, to, you know, he gets and rightfully so, you know, 
the the highlight reel of Ronnie Lott is going to be hit, but he was a shutdown corner as well, which is, I mean, that's like a skill set that you rarely see. Um, he he was just he was that dude, and yeah, for me, he's definitely number three. No disrespect to Steve Young. I mean, yeah, I mean when you t- when you get to talking about the top <laughs> five and top ten, you know, you they're going to be some good, very good players who are not on this list. And it's not that you know I don't appreciate them, but I mean, when, when you start talking about when you start delineating and parsing between the best of the best of the best. Um, yeah, I mean, I just think Ronnie Lott for me is is that guy. And he had to reinvent himself two different times. Yeah. Uh, so number five is where I have a problem with, and it's I, I love this guy, <laughs> but Dwight Clark isn't the fifth best 49er of, uh-uh. of all time. He's he, he is very valuable to the franchise. In 1981, he was an all pro receiver, but his speed because of injury. Uh, I'll, I'll, I want to make sure that he, I think he, I believe he had a knee injury, which really mm-hmm. slowed him down. I feel like by 87, he was done. Um, and that's not a very long career, but it's the catch, right? It's the catch. Well, yeah. I mean, he's, he is, you know, a part of the most iconic play in franchise history. Yeah. And I mean, that, that is what it is because I mean, if, if you are being real about it, by my count, he's like the fifth best receiver in franchise history. I go Rice, um, Gene Washington. Um, for me, T.O., John Taylor, and then Dwight. That 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 would be my top five. So five is a little high for Dwight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I'd have to look at Gene Washington's numbers again to to determine where I'd put them, but uh, T.O. is definitely higher on this list than than Dwight Clark. Um, and then you know you get to six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and there's a mix of Frank Gore, Patrick Willis, uh, Bryant Young, B.Y. Uh, you mentioned Jimmy Johnson already, and uh, there's uh, Roger Craig, and then there's Terrell Owens. Uh, th- those are kind of where, where things get bunched right there. But where would you have Mr. Terrell Owens? Here's the thing. T.O. is, I don't care how, what you feel about him. He is on the Mount Rushmore. For me, he's on the Mount Rushmore of NFL receivers. It's Jerry Moss. T.O., and then you can Fitz or Harrison. Harrison. You can have whoever you want at four. T.O. is definitely three in my book. And to me, in my opinion, 49er T.O. is the best version of T.O. Way better. Than anybody. Than well, so, so All you got to do is look at the stats. You, you want to know what the craziest thing about this is? The guy who he was most frustrated with, Jeff Garcia... He had better numbers with Jeff Garcia than any other quarterback, including Steve Young, because Steve Young caught him when it was baby T.O. By the time mm-hmm. T.O. was T.O., Jeff Garcia was a quarterback. But you look at those numbers with him and Garcia versus him and Romo and him and McNabb, it's very clearly his best years were with Garcia as his QB. So for me, um, you know, it gets 
a little because for me, uh, he is. I got. I, I have to. I have to um, acknowledge that. So for for me, it was um, Rice Montana, Lot Young. I forget how how it did, went. Did you it, go? Did you go? Willis, Bby, Gore, Roger. Though, well, I think all. Was, I think those guys fit in in that spot. Yeah, I you know, I I didn't. I ended up. I moved Dwight out. Yeah. Of five. I didn't touch Johnson. You know, I just left him there at six. Um, so it 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 was because again, Bam Bam and Frank are like Frank is probably I, I say, you know, Jerry is the greatest, Joe is the greatest quarterback, but I think Gore might be my favorite player. It, it, he might be my favorite 49er of all time. I just, I just love that guy. And yep. then the same with Patrick Willis. He just, there. he was just, he was such a great player that again, so he was right there. So for me, I think it was like, I put, I Gore ended up being replacing um, Clark and then it was Johnson and then it was Willis, then T.O. And then, so for the last two, I mean, last three, it was like, you know, you could put, you know, you you could do that. You know, T.O. was right, is there. T.O. Yeah. was was like seven. And then the last, you know, four, eight, nine, and ten, for my eight, nine, and ten were like, um, this is spoiler alert for me. <laughs> I have Bowman up there. I, okay. He's, he is, to me, he's a sneaky Hall of Famer. He's right there. Then you got by and then 10 you could it could be clark it could be craig it could be you know you know 10 there's a lot of guys that if you were to i'm not gonna die on that hill if you tell me it's this guy okay it it could be that guy it could be roger craig if you want to tell me it's the the white clark that's fine I, i don't have much i know bowman is probably controversial i i just think his career to me, he's a Hall of Famer, um, and it, it's you have to really go back and look at his numbers to see it. But um, I, I, you know, I it seems like Patrick is having a hard time getting in. Um, so so Bowman probably won't. But to me, he um, he he's he's high, very high up there for me. You know, my if if, if we ask my dad, he would he would say that. Brody has to be on that list because that's the quarterback okay. who he grew okay. up with, right? Okay, and that's the, that's fair. You know, the other thing about this is it's very hard to put offensive linemen on a list like this mm-hmm. because it, it's just hard. You, you don't have a lot of numbers to to back up your your information. Like someone like Randy Cross, who was an All Pro during the rise of, of the 49ers. Like, see, that's the thing though, about that era of play. Cause I mean, Randy Cross, you got um, Guy McIntyre, you got, there were people who were stomping for Sapolo, but then it's like, I love Jesse, but I mean, it's, I, I don't think you could put him above McIntyre and cross. And then, Staley. What yeah, about Staley? What and, about and people who people who are, people who are people who are older than us would say Bob St. Clair has to be in the top ten. Yeah. So I mean, again, I can't. When you start, you go, 
you go past like 75. I mean, I've done some research, but you go past that, like those nomaline and yeah. those kind of, I have no context for, um, for those guys, Joe Perry. Yeah. I, you know, I don't, you know, I, I, you know, if yeah, you if, look at YA Tittle's passing stats and you're like, come on, but it's like a completely different it's game. A, back it's then. a complete, well, you know, you, we talk about that, but you know, like, you know, like the game that Joe played is completely different yeah. than the the game we play now. I mean, so Joe, Joe's getting body slammed in in games. Oh, I mean, exactly. <laughs> and you know, you want to talk about just you know receivers getting written down the field, and then you know, also he played in an era where going across the middle was really a thing, where in, in a way that it's not now. It's so just, much so know, that that Ricky Waters went across the middle, and. He was like, "Why am I gonna? Why am I gonna take this for hit who, in this game? For who? who for what?" what? <laughs> this is one of the greatest quotes ever. But yeah, I mean that that's just something that receivers these days. You know, I was watching a highlight reel of um, Brian Dawkins, and it was like every yeah. one of those hits, yeah, was was fifteen yards. He like he had like five hundred thousand dollars worth of fines <laughs> in that two minute clip. I mean, so it's just. It's just a completely different game. Okay, so uh, Roger Craig, historic, but also someone who always seems to miss the cut, just just misses the cut in the Hall of Fame. First running back in history to have 1,000 yards receiving, 1,000 yards on the ground. Uh, Wendell Tyler, uh, he, he, you know, Wendell Tyler was a really good running back for the Niners. He ages out. Craig comes in. Offense gets better. You add Jerry Rice and Roger Craig is kind of the forgotten man in that offense because of we're talking Rice in Montana, but he was such he was such a uh, a big part of what they did. Like I I don't know, you know, I'm sure you could find another running back to you know catch the ball a little bit or whatever, but he was so perfect a fit for Chico. that offense. He and uh, you know, I think I think current let because of Gore and because we all love Frank. I'm with you. Frank is in my top five of favorite 49ers ever. But because of Frank, it's almost like Craig is a little bit forgotten, I would say. Well, and I think there's a couple of things there because I've had this argument too. Not argument, just discussion. Um, because it's not like I'm arguing against Roger Craig. Roger Craig was an offensive player of the year. Um, you know, the, the thousand thousand was you know a big thing but the fact of the matter is he had jerry rice and john taylor on the outside it's it's hard to double team a running back a triple team a running back yeah um and the way that bill walsh used him to scheme him up you know it was just it was perfect a lot of those a lot of those flares out of the backfield he was just open i mean it it was just and it was easy pitch and catch and then he was a a violent runner and you can't take that away from him but knocking people out with his knees right but the difference to me between him and and frank is that he didn't frank who was frank's receivers that they were double frank carried this offense brandon lloyd does you're not he's he's not in that echelon of john taylor uh, no so it it was just different the, the responsibilities of frank gore were were just different than what they were for Roger Craig. Not and that again, like I say, we're talking about the best of the best. So I'm not saying that to denigrate Roger Craig. For me, it's just 
I have a much greater appreciation for not that I don't appreciate what Roger Craig did, but I what Frank did and what he gave to this offense was just um it was otherworldly. And then when I when I was coaching, man, that was my that was a guy that I mean I would I showed all the little kids. This it, this is patience. You yeah. want to see patience and um suddenness and balance and strength. Frank Gore to me was the perfect running back. I mean, yeah. I know he, I know he wasn't as complete a player as somebody like Roger Craig, but um in terms of running the ball, I mean, he and, was just, didn't he tear up both knees in college? Yes, oh my goodness. In eighteen months, two ACLs. Crazy, it's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's uh, you know, I have this rule, uh, and I would say if a Frank Gore jersey came out, I would break this rule. And what this rule is mm-hmm. is that I don't, I, I don't generally wear jerseys unless they were players from my childhood. Um, and so, you know, the jersey that I do have is, is a Jerry Rice jersey. He was mm-hmm. from my childhood. There are two players I would break that rule for. One of them is if they came out with another Kaepernick 49ers jersey and the uh, and the then Frank Gore. That, those would yeah. be the two where I would break that break my own rule for. That's my 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 rule is similar. I don't wear jerseys for players who are who are younger than me. Yeah. Um, but I broke the rule for the black cap jersey. Yeah. And yeah, Frank would probably be the one if I was going to do that, um, I, I'll, I'll rock a, a lot Jersey all day long. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, definitely. Frank would be my guy. If I was going to wear one from a guy that's younger than me, it would definitely be Frank. The only jerseys that I've had of late, I've always had a rice Jersey in some mm-hmm. form. I had my parents make me, this is before the websites are all, fancy mm-hmm. now and you can do all this crazy stuff but i don't even know where they found it but uh they, they had to put together their own uh, garrison hirsch jersey for me yeah i was in my early 20s yes and then also um i had the one year dion was on the team i had the dion jersey from the throwback uniform the the red one um and and yeah those 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 are mostly it but like i said those were great times oh my (laughs) gosh garrison hurst is one of my favorite 49ers so great he is awesome so great uh all right that that was fun uh so we'll be back in two weeks and we'll keep going and you know there i i thought about bringing this up but i knew we were going to have a long conversation uh so we'll talk about this next time but uh stuff about reinventing sort of Trey Lance's throwing motion so he doesn't get sore arms. Like that sounds kind of important to me so that our guy who throws lasers does not have an arm injury at some point. So I like that story. Uh, but we'll talk more about that stuff. You know, we, we've been so purdy and Trey and Jimmy heavy on this podcast because the quarterback is the, the number one star of the 49ers historically. Uh, but we'll talk more about that next week. I want it to be a little bit QB free uh, on this version, but uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, we'll be back. So uh, for Roderick and myself, uh, we will be back in a couple weeks to talk to all of y'all. Thank you for hanging out with us. Peace out. Hey guys, this is Al Galdi from the Al Galdi podcast. In case you didn't know, the show that you're listening to right now, as well as my show, is part of the Blue Wire podcast network. 
BlueWire was founded in 2018 on the concept that independent podcasts would be more successful if they worked together. Today, BlueWire has grown to feature 300 shows led by former athletes, media professionals, and passionate fans. Over the past few years, BlueWire has privately raised over $10 million to expand its team podcast network and business operations. Now, BlueWire is raising another round on WeFunder. WeFunder is a crowdfunding service that connects startups with investors. It's a cool platform that gives everyone the opportunity to be a part of a growing startup. You can invest for as little as $100. In other words, you don't have to be a millionaire to invest in cool companies on WeFunder. BlueWire is raising money to expand its sales team and improve operations, which in turn will help this show continue to grow. If you would like to be a part of the Blue Wire Investment Round or want to find out more information, go to wefunder.com slash bluewire. That's wefunder.com slash bluewire. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 